Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your It's Friday. It is Friday. We're so glad that uh, we have a Friday to be talking about Psalm 27. We love Fridays around here because the weekend's coming, and we appreciate so much our listeners. If you're in the Tampa area, come by and worship with us this Sunday at Livingston. All the information you need for that is at our website, christiansmeethere.org. christiansmeethere.org. So, hope to see you Sunday. But let's talk about Psalm 27. New Living Translation. I like the way this starts. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous, yet wait patiently for the Lord. Wow. So, hey, while we were reading... Yeah. I picked up another thing about channeling Joshua. Okay. Well, notice in verse 10, my father and mother have forsaken me. The Lord will hold me close. Mm-hmm. Joshua was the son of none. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, bad, bad. Wow. Is that a dad joke or a preacher joke? I don't even know. Well, let's go with a dad joke because <laughs> I'm a preacher. <laughs> so, um, Over here, I, I did want to just comment real quick that they had in the in the NLT there another take on verse eight. Um, I was noticing we've talked about seek my face and my heart will seek you. But I think theirs was talking about talking to the Lord, wasn't it? How did their eight go? My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Lord, I'm coming. So that's very much a functional equivalence, a dynamic equivalence that, hey, when it says seek my face, it's about the idea of having conversation. Conversation with me. Which which actually would channel Moses a little bit, because remember when God said about Moses, he's the one I talk face to face with. That's right. I I have no doubt that's why those translators went that direction with that verse. Just a very interesting passage. Yeah. So listen, we've already warmed up here and reminded everybody about how you see Moses in this psalm, how you see Joshua in this psalm. That one might have been a stretch with the nun thing. But uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, I but, don't see but, Joshua because of the son of but it's, That but was it's, a, just a bad joke. It's Friday on Text Talk. So who else do we see in this psalm, Edwin? <laughs> <laughs> Every Friday's Good Friday on Text Talk. And here, he, David is not just channeling Moses. He's not just channeling Joshua. He's channeling Jesus. Mm-hmm. N- now, here's what I mean by that. Obviously, David himself doesn't doesn't know what all is going to happen with Jesus. And so it's not it's not the same as with Moses and Joshua. With the issue of bringing Moses and Joshua into the psalm, it's I remember what happened to them. And what I'm dealing with right now is just like that. And when I deal with those kinds of things, God will treat me as he has treated his children always. But one of the things we have to understand about the psalms is that the psalms look back Mm -hmm. and the psalms look forward. Mm -hmm. Um, as as preachers have said, if your list of verses that point to Jesus is anything less than the entire Old Testament, you've got too few verses on your list. <laughs> and so this psalm is is channeling Jesus, though admittedly in a bit of a different way. Well, I will just say that even even as we have laid this out to say, doesn't this remind you of Moses? Well, Moses prefigures Christ as the leader of the people and the lawgiver, Deuteronomy 18, I'm going to raise up a prophet like you from among the brethren. And we say, well, it's also like Joshua. Joshua prefigures Christ. You've got Yeshua. I mean, it's his name. It's his name. It's his name. We've got, this is a Psalm of David. David prefigures Christ, the, you know, the ancestor of Christ and the king of the people. It would be strange at this part not to see Jesus. Well, and what you're saying right there takes what we understand about prophecy, and I'm I'm doing the air quotes that would show up on video. Yeah, that's but, why we need the camera. Go ahead. But we tend to think of prophecy as strictly foretelling. Mm-hmm. One day there's going to be a man, and this is what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. What this psalm does is prophesy in a different way. Mm-hmm. Because what David has recognized is there is a pattern. Mm-hmm. There is a way that God works with his people. He worked that way with Moses. David says, he worked that way with Joshua. He is now working that way with me. When we see Jesus come on the scene, we should expect God to work with Jesus in exactly the same way. And that is exactly what we see. In fact, here's one of the things I I often try to share with people. In John chapter Mm 2, Jesus was asked after he cleansed the temple, what sign do you show that shows you have authority for this? Mm -hmm. And Jesus responds, destroy this temple, and on the third day I will raise it up. Mm -hmm. Nobody understood what he was saying. Not even his followers understood what he was saying. But there in John chapter 2, it goes on to say that when he was resurrected, they remembered this Mm -hmm. and realized he was talking about the temple of his body, not the temple in Jerusalem. And that, and that what's interesting about that, and I'm just I'm glancing at it here as you mentioned that uh, John two twenty two it goes on to say his disciples remembered that he had said this to them and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said they believed this zeal for your house has eaten me up they believed that all of this was about Christ okay so that that leads us to the point that when the resurrection happened that changed everything including how the apostles interpreted what Jesus himself said and as you just highlighted the scripture what the scripture mm-hmm. said 
all of a sudden, as they're reading through the scripture, they're reading it through the lens of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And they're recognizing all of this is pointing to Jesus. I think one of the things that we today, or maybe I should say I, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush. I need to say I. One of the problems that I might have, and I think some of those folks in the first century, is this objection. If Jesus was really on God's side, why did he have all these enemies? Mm-hmm. If Jesus was really on God's side, why were there all these false accusers? Why were all these hateful people? If Jesus was really on God's side, why did he end up on a cross? And that by his own people, the Jews. That by his own people. But now, after he is resurrected on the third day, I start looking back and I start seeing, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is actually the way God dealt with his people all the time. And I come back to Psalm 27 and I find Jesus. Mm. And I realize that David, being a prophet, was not only channeling the people that he knew of in the past, but he's also channeling the son of David, Mm. Mm. the new David, Mm -hmm. the Messiah, the anointed one. And when I read this psalm in the context of Jesus' resurrection— Think about all the things that we see here. Lord, I seek your face. Lord, I want to dwell in your house. Let's go back. I've got evildoers who are assailing me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They want to eat up my flesh, but they're the ones that are going to stumble and fall. I've got an army encamped against me. War is rising against me. Does that sound like Jesus? Well, even on the stumbling and falling, you know, I I think about he is the rock, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. They'll stumble on him, but then he is also the chief cornerstone. And, and then when we have this, I'm seeking your face, don't turn away in anger, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation, my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Again, I, I don't think Mary had literally forsaken him, but Jesus was there on the cross forsaken by everyone. Well, and we know he prayed Psalm 22, 1, right? Yeah. But uh, but again, an echo of that, of this feeling of forsakenness. Being forsaken. But, he, but verse 12. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. Did false witnesses rise up against Jesus? Well, that is something that the gospel writers pointed to overtly in uh, the gospel of Mark, say, at the trial before the Sanhedrin in Mark chapter 14, verse 55. Now the chief priests and all the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimonies did not agree. Then the son rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say... I will destroy this temple made with hands, and in three days I will build another without hands, which calls us back to John 2. <laughs> and here's the false witnesses, right? Yeah. We're going to put them to death because of something he said about a building? Yeah. And they can't even get two people to tell that story straight. Yeah, absolutely. How serendipitous that my illustration of why we should take all of Scripture to be about Jesus actually comes up at the trial of Jesus. <laughs> I, think, I think it's true. I mean, it's true. And then all of a sudden, now all of this coming together, we're starting to see Jesus in this, and then we get to verse 13. Now, this is I best. believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm. Now, look. 
Some people think that David was talking about his own resurrection. I'm not convinced of that. I think that David, speaking of himself, was probably just referring to the fact that he would survive whatever it was he was facing. Yeah, he talks about his head's going to be higher than the enemy's. He seems to be anticipating victory even at this moment. Yeah, so he's going to battle, but instead of dying in battle, he's going to survive. The interesting thing is I find Jesus actually dies in the battle. Mm -hmm. But then what? Mm Mm-hmm. Then he's resurrected. The resurrection. And what the resurrection says to us is here is another one of these Psalms that we know applies to David, but let me show you how it applies to the Messiah. Yeah. And it's not it's not one of those things that it doesn't prophesy or foretell the resurrection. It's just the fact that when the resurrection happens, all of a sudden we come back and we see Jesus all over the psalm and we learn about Jesus. We learn about Jesus who seeks the Lord. We learn about Jesus who the enemies are going to be against him. And honestly... What that means is we learn about ourselves, Hmm. because if this is how folks were going to treat Jesus, guess how they're going to treat us. That's exactly right. And if if this is the way God was going to work with his one and only son, well, this is how he's going to work with us. We will have adversaries. We will have enemies. They will attack. But listen, we're going to see the Lord in the land of the living. And whether that means for us particularly, it's like David, that we're going to survive today's battle. Or whether that means that today we're going to die mm-hmm. and ultimately be resurrected. In either case, we're going to see the Lord. That's the confidence the Apostle Paul had to live as Christ, to die as gain. And so then we get to the final verse, which almost appears in the psalm as if David has been meditating and meditating and meditating and singing. And now he turns to the reader and says, this is what this is all about. This is about you. Wait for the Lord Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I don't know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know this. Even if you think the Lord is not answering you, wait for him. Be strong and take courage because this is how he has dealt with his people from time out of mind. It's it's how he worked with Moses. Mm -hmm. It's how he worked with Joshua. It's how he worked with David. It's how he worked with Jesus the Christ. And it's how he'll work with us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're so glad that you've joined us today all week as we've discussed Psalm 27. Um, we love to hear what you're learning as you read the scripture. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's have a word of prayer together. Our great God and Father, you are so good to us. As we read this psalm, we appreciate that though we face enemies in dark times, you have not left us, you have not forsaken us. In fact, our courage is strengthened this day when we appreciate what Moses had gone through and Joshua and David and indeed the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we know there is a great joy set before us that while we pass through the darkness and the difficulty, we seek you, we follow you, we hold on to you. And you, Lord, deliver us. We look forward to being in your house forever, in the land of the living, and eternal life in Christ. Because of his love and his sacrifice and his resurrection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Psalm 27. And today, what I'm going to do as I realize that I hadn't picked up a translation yet. While you're finding a Bible, I'll just say... (laughs)